20 days have gone by since the fires in Maui in the town of Lahaina. I sat down on Friday to speak with Spice Prince, who owns Island Spice Hawaii, to hear his first-hand account of his survival. He shares with me how long he's been on the island, as well as in an extended interview that I have via video, he talks about his work and his business and everything he's been involved with, and I highly recommend that you check that out as well. What you're about to hear during this interview today, it's disturbing. It's graphic. There's times where I teared up listening to it, and you can hear Spice breaking up as he's talking about his experience as well. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Great, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another week of episodes here on America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, on the America Out Loud Network. As always, check out all my colleagues' work at americaoutloud.news. There's 24-7 talk radio available as well, available on all of your favorite app devices. Last Friday, I had the opportunity to sit down for a few hours with Spice Prince. We spoke for about two hours, and today what you're going to hear is an excerpt of that interview. The full interview is actually available on all of my social media networks, whether that's YouTube, at uh, Real Greg Bolden, if you go on to X, which is known as Twitter, Facebook, American Bolden, wherever you type in on your socials and get American Bolden, I promise you that's there. So I highly recommend you listen to the entire thing because he talks about the incredible work that he's done his entire life. But what I wanted to focus on for today's episode and really cut for my audience was the first-hand account of survival. We've heard these stories that are coming out right now. I've covered it for the past two weeks now of tremendous loss of life that's not being reported by the mainstream media. You're likely only hearing it here on the America Out Loud Network through my show or through the alternative press wherever you find that. There's reports of bodies that were found offshore from people that had drowned, they were floating later. There's reports of uh, lots of children missing. About 500 children are missing. There's also uh, reports of you know whether or not the police were letting people out of the road. And so what better way to find out information about how bad was it but to talk to one of the locals? I'm going to warn everybody right now, as I did at the top of the show, what you're about to hear is highly disturbing. It's something that I was not prepared for when I set out to do the interview. I knew that P- P- Spice would have a story to share. I just wasn't prepared for how much it would impact me. And in Spice's words, his story is nothing compared to what he's heard from the other locals. So we go now and join live in that interview with Spice Prince. Aloha. Good morning, everyone. And thanks so much for having me. Aloha. And uh, mahalo for joining me. See, I've, I've learned a little bit of the proper way to speak 
when I'm speaking with people in Hawaii, you guys have taught me culture and taught me so much over the past several weeks that I, I've been trying to cover the island. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm saying mahalo right. Am I saying that correct? Yeah, it's mahalo. It's like um, your vowels Gratitude? are pronounced. Your A is ah. Um, okay. You know, and so, and your O is O. So mahalo is how you say it. But yeah, it's um, just the way it's like in Tahiti, we say moruru. Um, it's just translated through Hawaii, uh, through change to mahalo. And it just means thank you. And uh, aloha itself has multiple meanings. Um, it's a way of saying, obviously, hello. Uh, it also means goodbye, but it also means I love you. Um, and it has, I think it goes beyond a definition that you can't really explain. Um, it's something you have to experience by being here and being with the Hawaiians and the Hawaiian people. Um, the Aloha spirit is the way we kind of connect with it so that it's just, it's giving. Um, it's just constant give rather than take, you know, it's Aloha. Well, I, I appreciate you taking time. the time to come on to, to tell not just your story, but the story of so many other people that have been affected. And I know speaking with you, the, the thing that's you're an amazing individual, I can already tell because any conversation I've had with you has always been shining a light on the rest of the victims of this fire. It's not about you and you've lost so much, but you don't want to make this about you. But I know that listeners are still going to want me to ask some questions of you about your personal experience, because that's how they can show empathy in a lot of ways to understand other people's experience. So we're going to start off uh, just kind of getting to know your background. Did you grow up on the island or at what time did you, I, I know some of these answers, by the way, but the, the listeners do not. At what point did you uh, move to the area and how long had you been in Lahaina? Well, originally from the U.S., uh, from Georgia, and then out to the Big Island, actually Oahu, and then the Big Island um, when I was really young, and then left the Big Island at some point, moved to the Caribbean, and got stuck in Florida, which had its purpose of what took me to where my path in life um, has given me, and then I ended up coming to Maui, and I've been here over 30-something years serving the community with my work, and um, you know, at the same time, it's also been a, a hub for making this magical place, you know, earth, um, my home and, and traveling the world and, and just experiencing, uh, all the magic that God bless us with in this, in this beautiful planet. That's just, I'm, I'm constantly baffled every day. Well, you are in one of the most beautiful places on earth. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just getting a little bit of a taste of it as we see your background there. Uh, you're sitting there with uh, something I would never see here in Delaware in the United States. And we have these nice tropical sounds of birds in the background, too, which is, is beautiful. Too loud? There, there might be some cars. No, by. Okay. no this is perfect. I, and then I, I'm just I had a place on the other side um, where I used to live in the mountains in a shack, no power for 25 years. And it was my soul. And I miss it so much. Um, but my neighbors had this beautiful view of looking down towards Molokai and Lanai in the ocean and, and like from the mountain. And, and I was going to set that up um, to have that in my background. But I realized last second that there's no Internet. And so and it's still very spotty over there um, on the west side of, of Maui, you know, where Lahaina is located. But I heard last night when I was with friends that the power just got turned on. Um, really? That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And the phone was like, it was so challenging 
especially the day after and people calling to, you know, your loved ones and people that love you and everyone just calling to check on you. That was so challenging because the phone, it would be like you talk and like say five words and hang up. And then you try and call and you couldn't call. And then all of a sudden everyone's phones would come on. And we'd be like, now make a call and then, or take a text. And then it would say, you know, text not delivered. So, um, it's slowly progressing. And, you know, at the same time, um, it's amazing with the lack of outside help, what has been done with the inside from people of the islands and, uh, without any full communication and being able to instantly take care of everyone. And, and yeah. uh, it's amazing. I want to show people, um, a map just to put it up on the screen here of Maui. Uh, just so we can kind of get an idea of what we're talking about here. So right now, uh, I'm not sure, you know, I know that you have the screen away from you, but Lahaina is all the way on the West Coast. I'm kind of blinking it with my mouse cursor here to go blue. Um, the main road goes to the south that the people were trying to get out on. If I look at this map, whereabouts are you on the island at this point in time? Like where, where were you able to find yourself? Okay, so the night of, um, I actually went the opposite way up. So north. you went north. Okay. Where you're at up top, like mm -hmm. Kahana, Napili. So I was in an area called Malipai Hanakahua, and I um, had to hike in the dark because it's like a dirt gravel road, and get up there in the mountains to um, to get up there, um, way up, and 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 so I was made it that region. So pretty much everyone just split and this includes entire families like um my old neighbors that i stayed with i don't say old as an age but like when i where i used to live uh the husband because where he was working had to go one side of the island and then his wife and kids were on the other so families got split apart and there was no communication which is a scary thing especially when you know what was happening right uh, and throughout that whole day there was uh, was there a phone? Yeah, there was phone. There was no power. Um, the winds were just unbelievable in the morning, you know, so, before. So, the chaos. So, yeah. So take me through your day. So you wake up before the fires and, uh, what are you doing that day spice? So I wake up, um, I usually start my day meditating from like five to seven. And then from there, uh, a happy little bike ride with my dog in my backpack and here we'll show it like, this is who made it out of the fire with me. So hi, Lychee and everybody. Um, and went to the uh, Safeway um, on the way, which is kind of halfway between where I live and then where my where my shop is. And and when I um, got to Safeway, I was just like, "There's no way!" Like it was madness to get into the grocery store. There was one, no power. Two, the line wrapped around, packed with people, and I was like, "Whoa, this is not good." And so I ended up going to my store. And I was working on a, a website uh, for super high-end fragrance line um, that I've been working on for an entire year to launch that day. And um, everything was lost in the fire. There's my medicine lab. Oh, my baby. Um, ooh, it almost brings a tear. Hold on. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm yeah, so okay. sorry. Okay. I, just, I want, I, people, to see I want it people to see this. I want people to understand it. Such a magic and such an energy. Like people who came to my lab you could just see that it, it like knocked them back 20 feet because it had a like a heartbeat of its own in it like a, a soul of its own and i was its soul and heartbeat it was my soul and heartbeat like um there's there's 
jars with medicines in there from when I was little, you know, and up till now and everything's gone, but we'll get into that. So I got to the shop and, um, power's out. So I was like, wow, okay. I can't work on this, but the winds were pretty gnarly, like 45 to 65 then. And there's my good friend, um, who I lost and tried to help. We'll go into that. That's a, a really tough one to, um, go over, but his whole, he had like, he was living there and everybody else was like, had their shop, their workshops and their, their warehouse and their business. And he had like all these plants in his little world, like little trees and stuff. And everything just got mowed and down and stuff was flying all over the place. So me and a couple of the, uh, the tile guys who are great guys went to help him. Um, looks like he was bleeding. He got hit by something and we were helping him and then screens were flying around because my friend Trey, who was my neighbor, um, he had a, a screen business in uh, Best Screen. And then um, I call him. I'm like, bro, we've got to uh, we got to tighten this place up. It's it's madness over here. So he came over. We start just getting everything like put down. My Like my trash can it was a huge, heavy trash. It was flying around like a piece of paper. You know, that's how strong the winds were. And eventually um, the dumpster up in the front and had these huge, massive wooden doors. That's almost annoying to open because they're so heavy. They got ripped right off the hinges. That's how strong it went just in the morning before, you know, the main fire started to take over the town. Um, and then we got everything kind of tightened up. Uh, we moved my 1948 Harley that I built into the shop and I'm like, okay, power should be on in a few and I can start working and this, this window pass, no big deal. Um, and I kind of just fiddled around in the shop, had a light, worked on that. And from that point, um, I go outside and around the corner was a, um, what do you call it? A, a, it's like a little local bar. Oh mm -hmm. my God. It's okay. I'm really sorry. We got some loud neighbors here. It's okay. Uh, so it's a little bar, great little dive bar called the Sly Mongoose. And everyone, because there was no power there, just kind of set up a little hurricane party, so to speak, you know, and they're all outside, probably grilling out and having beers, just kicking back. And that's like early in the morning, like 10 o'clock. And from that point, um, I just kept kind of going back. We noticed white smoke kind of in the distance coming over our buildings, but nothing I felt to be alarmed about. And let me let me bring up a map here of Lahaina so we can kind of figure oh, out where yeah. the smoke is and stuff. So I see here I got and again, I don't know the area so well, but from what I've seen on photos, it seems like down here by the Kalani Maui um, all the way up north up to like the Hotel Lahaina uh, was really affected. Whereabouts are you in all this? OK, can you enlarge it so I can kind of guide you? Uh, do you want me to zoom out? No, zoom in, zoom in. Zoom in. I was yeah. like pretty much in the heart of Lahaina. Um, okay. Uh, so from this pier by the Ultimate Whale Watch snorkeling, um, south or north? Let me. I am. Okay, there's the banyan tree. Okay, I'm a little bit north. A little so north? Like, okay. Yeah. Go up. Um, oh, there's see. the Catholic Church that we've heard so much about that the church was still standing, but they lost the buildings. Spinnaker. Okay, keep going a little more. I just see the spinnaker. Yep. Uh, front street apartments. Okay. Keep going a little bit more. And then I am, let's see here. 
should be Limahana Place. Um, okay, I see Limahana Place right here. Yep. Okay, so there, and then the little strip, see Willico Place. Okay, um, go to the, go like what we say, Malka, like where you go towards the mountain. So Willico's right where your pointer is, and then nope, you went too far. Too far, right here. Yeah. So see that okay. big building you're on. Just yep. see that opening gap to the left, like if you're going towards a mountain. So if you're going to the left corner that I'm looking at, so see the triangle parking lot to your right, just a little, just so you're yes, almost right here, right here. Okay. Inside there. Now the long building, the longest building inside, you can actually probably see my truck in there. Right in here. Yeah. So inside that parking lot was where I was. So my okay. shop is in the middle of the long building on the left side of the screen. It's probably okay. in, the, in the middle there. Yep. And so, um, so I'm kind of dead center there. And I actually was like, okay, the power will come back on. No biggie. I'll just wait. The storm will pass. Just, you know, hurricane breeze, a little stronger than what we thought was going to happen. And, you know, like I said, I went around to um, try and – uh, <clears throat> sorry, it's loud people next door. I might it's have okay. to go something. Um, wasn't expecting. It's been quiet the whole time I'm here until now. But, it's okay. It's, um, it's 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 not a big deal. Like here's the thing. Like people just want to hear the story, and if there's background noise, we forgive it. Like I'm not okay. worried about it. As long as it's not um, disruptive on you guys. And I don't know no, how we're, loud we're okay. So then uh, I ended up going to my shop, passing out on the floor of my dog, just figuring the power will come back on. I wake up to brutal smell of smoke, like where I'm like, oh, this is serious. And so I wake up, open the door, and everything is like black coming through. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so I run to Sly Mongoose, and everyone's scrambling for their life to get out of there, right? And... It's just mad chaos. And from there, I go back, I grab my dog, Lychee, and then I ended up leaving. And it's so gridlock that um, I thought I, uh, I was driving in a girlfriend. I hear someone yell my name. Someone's like, Spice, jump in, jump in. And it was Uli. And we're sitting there and going absolutely nowhere. And I was like, I'm going back. I have to get Paul. I'm going to try and grab something from the shop. Right. And I run back. And then when I run back, by the time I got into my shop, grabbed stuff within like a minute. Flames were coming over the building. It was so black. It was like nighttime. It was it was like nighttime during the day. And all you could see was an orange ball above you. And that was the sun. It was like midnight with no stars. I ran to my friend's place, the old man that we helped earlier that day, and I'm banging on his door and he comes out and I'm like, dude, we got to go to the fire now. We got to go. And he's looking at me like, why? I'm going, bro, look, we've got to go. And he's like, I can't. And I'm like, we've got to go now. I tried to grab him. I'm like, come on, we have to go now. And he's like, my cats. And I'm like, bro, we've got to go. And he shut the door in my face and I just lost it crying stuff is exploding everywhere and the craziest thing is i thought the shop was going to make it and it made no sense to me because the winds were torquing like 65 to 85 towards puamana region like kind of to the south 
it's to the south, right? Okay. But the fire was coming like literally like a dragon over the building. And so all you can see is that. So I'm running for my life. By the time if I were to get in the truck, try and get my bicycle un- off the lock, the motorcycle, I don't think I would have made it. So I'm running for my life cutting and I couldn't see it was just black and like if you could see the video you can see the video on my Instagram which is Island Spice Hawaii Um, and there's one where I spoke about what happened when I got out of it barely um, just the way the smoke was moving it's just this it's just black you can't even it's so hard to explain um the depth and the thickness and the monstrosity of the size of the smoke and the fire. So I'm hooking around, tripping on stuff. There's, there's dead, there's dead people and the um, cars are just jumbled everywhere. There's trees down everywhere, fire flames shooting across, like over these buildings coming over there's fireballs the size of baseballs, like ambers, I'm guessing. They're blowing in the wind. You're hearing tanks exploding, I guess, from propanes, from gas tanks. I don't know what. But everywhere you go, it feel like you were in a war. And then I'm running, and the bakery and the train station is absolutely up in flames. But when I say flames, it's not like if you see a house on flames where the fire is going up. It's like like a steamroller coming through taking fire and just jumping rooftop to rooftop and just lighting shit up into nothing. Like everything on fire is, it's just foof, foof. It's just jumping across. And I was terrified because right next to the next building are these giant propane tanks that I guess they come and, and fill up um, to, to disperse throughout the Island. And I'm like, if it hits that while we're, when I get there, like it's just going to, I don't know, blow up, create a shockwave, whatever it's doing. And, I'm running. I'm scared to death. My dog's going to die on my back because I couldn't breathe. I'm running so fast. Every breath just felt like um, it felt like someone's kicking me in the chest. That's how thick it was. And I think that's why a lot of people didn't make it because we couldn't breathe. And And um, when I turn the corner, I can start seeing just light, like openings, like kind of open and then more black and, and Taco Bell's on fire. Like if you see the, the video, it's complete ashes. It's unbelievable that, that this fire did that. Um, and then across the street, like huge flames going up and there's an electric box. So I thought we were gone for sure because all that fire i mean it was like 75 foot flames blowing around and i'm running through stuff tripping on stuff trying to just get out and look for the light and get away and get out and i finally make it out and i run to my friend mark's um anderson's house in renee and which was a half mile away and uh, i'm in like hysterics because i just lost my friend and then everything going on. And, um, hold on. I'm getting myself here. Yeah. And Mark on the roof, he's watching the fire. Renee's just in hysterics packing. She left him and he's like, oh my God. I'm like, dude, Paul just died in front of me. 
he's gone. And I'm like, the shops are gone. I'm like, we've got to get out of here. It's going. And just this blackness is all that you could see and going, you couldn't see Lanai. You couldn't see the other Island. It's that's how big and vast it was. And we're like, Oh my God. And so I took off running and I get down and then cars are on front street and it's just gridlocked. And Renee honks at me. She's like, jump in. I'm like, okay. And so I'm in there. She's got her dog or their dog. I've got lychee in my backpack. I made it out just shorts and flip flops. And then we're sitting and I'm like, I got to go to the house. And I go to the house and I, I run another half mile um, to get there. And the winds are so strong, like unbelievable. Everything's gridlock. And we're hearing things like um, police are turning people back around, not letting them out to come back in in the fire. And, you know, I'm not saying that's true, but there's a lot of people that are that experience it. Um, which makes no sense and as well as a lot, a lot of other things that um, I think needs to be addressed. But right now we just need to focus on getting people taken care of. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of, there's the stories, my stories, like nothing compared to others that I'm hearing. And then we have people that have a story, but we're never going to hear it. They didn't make it. <laughs> and then I got to the house and, uh, try to just get my bearings and it was so nerve-wracking because the winds were so strong ripping stuff off the house and people it was just absolute chaos and um right after so i'm guessing i got out of the house by i mean out of my shop 5 45 6 30 so it starts getting dark now around seven i went into mark's stare for a moment and then I, I got to the house and it started to get dark fairly soon once I got there and I'm going back checking to see what's going on with the fire and as the sun just went down it was the craziest thing that I'm never going to forget you could just see orange and just little people like just coming to you and everyone screaming running down the street all the cars had gone by then I guess they got to get out for the majority and they're just yelling, people are dead, front street's gone, it's gone, go, run. And people are in the water jumping for their life, go now, run. And I'm like, oh my God. And I turned to go into my driveway. We have a concrete wall. And I turned to go in. And I'm, and, and I just sudden, I, the only way I can describe it, it was just like, whoo, and it felt like everything turned four-dimensional. Like, like everything was atoms, like I didn't really know how to explain it. And I got lifted off the ground and I'm like, I could just remember going, Oh God, like I felt my chest sink to my feet and I could hear the mango tree, a giant mango tree next to me, just like, boom, 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 like it was unbuckling from the ground. And it felt like my dog was in the house, the house, me and the tree, everything's just going to get pulled out and thrown into the abyss, you know? I got rolled across the yard and then I only had oh, 25 yards to get into the house. I felt like I was never going to make it. That's how strong the winds were. That's how strong. And I finally got to the house, got in, doors slammed everywhere and everything's, it's just absolute madness. And in the dark, grab lychee. I had a headlamp that I grabbed. I come out, the wind basically blew me out of town. The fire was so strong that I'm guesstimating it was past Safeway. 
at least a quarter mile, maybe almost a half a mile that I thought I was going to burn to death. Like my skin felt like it was bubbling. It was that hot just to let people know the power of this fire, the strength of this fire, the intensity of this fire, and the size of this fire. It melted engine blocks. I have photos and videos of melted cars, like puddles. It's, it's baffling to see something of this caliber of the strength of a fire. And last night, it all made sense because I was with um, a longtime client and friend of mine. I met with her because some people put together some things to bless me as gifts. And uh, she she uh, showed me from her house. She lives up in Laniapoco on the opposite side of Lahaina from where I escaped from. And she's looking down the mountain. Now I understand why. What happened? The fire? It wasn't like a house. It was just one entire town was one fire and blowing 85 mile an hour, not wind caps, but fire caps. I thought of jumping in the ocean to get away because like the way it was moving up, because once the sun went down, like I said, it was so strange to me that I thought my building of my office was going to survive because the winds were absolutely torquing the complete opposite way, but the fire was crossing over coming towards me, which made no sense to me. It, I don't understand it still to this day, how that's happening with the laws of nature of the wind blowing one way, but the fire's coming the, fire's opposite. Coming the opposite way. Yeah. And then um, what's going on with the, the it's like the lens flare. I think the sun's starting to, to move. Yeah, I can, move okay. I can move there. I can move back a little. Um, but uh, then um, when I saw her photo, I completely understood the intensity of this giant raging um, inferno incinerator is what it was. It was an absolute incinerator. And the stories, we can get into that here in a minute, um, which is going to be hard. But um, I got up on the, the road because where I was living – there's just a small turn to take you from Front Street, which is the main strip to um, right at the beach on the ocean side of the edge of the ocean of Lahaina. And then we have Highway 30 that is our main highway that takes you through north of the island to the south of the island until you get to the other side. And I got up there. The winds were so strong. It basically just blew me running. Um, and then every once in a while, a, a car would come and I would take my headlamp and I would try and just blind them and wave them down to try and come and pick me up. And no one would pick me up. And I'm sitting here going, it's just hotter and hotter. Winds are getting stronger. Fire's everywhere. I'm running up the street. Like I'm just running and turning if a car came. And finally, like I felt like 20 minutes later, a guy pulls me over or pulls over. And I just jump in. I'm like, go, go, go now, go. And uh, we just take off. And then I'm like, I'm going up to Nepali. And he's like, okay. And it was just so intense. We just sat there like, you, you're just questioning, is this really happening? Like, it's it's something a Hollywood movie couldn't create, the intensity of it and the strength and this, what was being seen by all of us. Um, and wow, it's crazy. I'm having a deja vu right now. So that means we're all on the right path, everybody. Um, and 
but it was really strange. Maybe the guy was in shock. So we go and he turns before Napili into Kahana. And when we go and we turn to Kahana, I was like, hey, I got to go to Napili. And he went and talked to me. I'm like, bro, can we just pull over? I need, to, I need to get out. And he just kept driving. And I was like, dude, I need to get out, please. And he wouldn't even listen to me, answer me. Somebody came and cut us off out of the gas station and cut us off to get to the low road. And when they stopped, I just jumped out and started running up the street, trying to flag people down to get me further north so that I could go and just get to a safe zone and, and grab mm-hmm. my bearings, just, you know, sit with what just happened. And not too many people came. Um, I walked almost all the way to Peely and then a really um, sweet younger couple in a truck pulled over and I'm like, Hey, I got to go up the mountain. Can you take me? And, um, they're like, yeah, jump in. Cause they were going all the way around to the backside. They're a Hawaiian family from Kalakaloa region. And then when, um, I got up, I used to live way, way up in the mountains, um, up a dirt road. It used to be pineapple fields. It was such a special place. Um, still is. And as we're driving up, there's nothing. It's just, and I could feel these people kind of like, where are we going? Like, what's up here? And then kind of thing. If I ever had a new girlfriend taking them up the first place, you know, the first time they're like, is this guy going to murder me? Like what's going on? Cause it's up <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, Hey man, we got to go. And I'm like, no problem, dude, just pull over. I'll walk in the dark. And so I walked in the dark. I almost got up there and a really nice people um, said, Hey, we're going to Paul's place. I said, I'm going to Paul. And then we realized they're going to the other Paul's I'm going to one Paul's. Cause there's only uh, like five houses up in here. And it's like, country style homes and ranch and stuff like that. Not, not like a big ranch, but small, um, where they do horse riding and stuff. And so I get there, I'm in hysterics, you know, telling what happened. And, um, uh, we all gather, everyone, we're all happy, we're safe. And just people flocking in to, cause here in Hawaii, you know, the, like I said, the Aloha is real, you know, right. and we've been discussing some things like, Hey, a lot of people, you know, obviously lost homes in, in um, Lahaina and the type of people we are, we don't make judgment on anything. Let's say you had insurance and you can afford this and someone who didn't, because um, a lot of people, I mean, I know someone who had three houses, every single one of them is ashes and they didn't have insurance on their homes. And the type of how and who we are here in Hawaii is we're going to help the person who didn't have insurance build a new home altogether and the people that did have insurance that's just how we are right now it has nothing to do with anything but ourselves and taking care of each other and getting back everybody in a happy place with themselves and obviously um you know we've got a lot of restoring to lahaina because lahaina is such a special place it was once if for people who don't know it is a historical town. And the reason it's a historical town is it once was the capital of Hawaii. It was the capital of the kingdom of Hawaii. So you have families there that are generations deep. Um, you know, I lost so much in the fire. It, it, it's, um, it's unbelievable. Like my life's work of helping thousands and thousands and thousands of people of traveling the world gathering medicines from all over, whether it was spiritual frequencies, spiritual plant medicines, just herbs and medicinal effect, plants for me. Um, distilling. Spice, Spice huh? you sent, you sent me this photo. Um, is this, is that your storefront that you're standing in front of? My lab. So you just saw your lab. picture. That's my entire warehouse. 
that is my entire life right there and right there to my left. Um, I'm standing by where my truck is. I mean, you can't see my truck. It's to the right. My Harley's to the right. It's ashes. Um, everything I've ever worked for, everything I've ever done, everything of my entire existence, which is my life has been so incredible and special with everything that I do encompassed into one, um, which all basically with my life's work revolves around helping people. I wake up and that is how I'm wired. That's what I do. Um, everybody who knows me, like I have helped thousands of people uh, naturally when nothing else has worked. I was written um, the Schweitzers. They're a very loved family here. Um, incredible watermen and, you know, Zane Schweitzer, I helped him and nothing else worked. And he wrote about me in his book. And it's like, all my life, I have just done nothing but help others. And um, all of my herbal medicines, I mean, I've worked with over 11,000 plants, that many. And um, as you can hear there, it's tough for him to realize that everything is gone. The fire reduced his home, reduced his business to ash. And so that photo is available on the America Out Loud uh, front page there with my article, if you'd like to see that as well. As well as if you want to hear the extended interview where we talk all about his business and what he does, uh, that is all available on the video feed on all the socials, as I was saying a little bit earlier. When we get back, we're going to talk about some things that maybe uh, he has questions, things that he saw where he's left with questions about what happened. You, you heard him say during the interview that the fire was moving in a direction that the wind was not, and it didn't make sense to him. And there's a lot of accounts of that on the ground. You're going to hear some, uh, some different perspective on, on the way back here. Uh, everybody, you're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. 
Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show here, talking with Spice Prince, playing segments from that interview that I did on Friday. We're going to get into now, uh, he, he's, there's various fundraisers that are out there, and I'm including GoFundMe links as well as a Venmo link if you'd like to donate directly to Spice, as well as I've been promoting the Lahaina uh, underscore Ohana underscore Venmo page all last week. Spice would like to try to make sure that he can get all the residents together to have their voices heard on how to rebuild. And so we're going to pick up the interview here. I want to point out that the reason why I got so passionate about this story went beyond the loss of life. It went beyond the human toll. It went to the spot where I really felt that understanding after hearing on a Twitter space, people educating me about the history of the island, understanding property rights, I felt that this was something that I wanted to shine light on because if there's not money coming in for these individuals right now, FEMA and the governor are going to take the land. It's going to be used in eminent domain. And so it's really important that people like Spice, people that are raising these efforts to try to help rebuild on this land, to rebuild Lahaina, rebuild people's lives. It's important that comes from private funds. I can't stress that enough. Yes. Right. Yes, it's, it's, yes. It, this is one of those liberty, we the people moments where reach into your pocket and give if you believe in people's sovereign states, people's right to the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, because there will be no life, liberty, pursuit, and happiness when eminent domain comes in. And so I wanted to ask, are people talking about that already? Is that a fear of the government? I know Governor Green had a, a, a bill that went in back in July 17th for emergency powers based upon the homelessness that people are worried could be used in Lahaina now. Um, or is that not something that's even coming up? What are people talking about near you? There's, I mean, there's so much, um, you know, and it's challenging because we're just trying to heal. Like we can't heal right now because one, getting out of the fire, two, going straight into survival mode. And then when you came out and like, I'm having to relive telling my story time and time and time again, I haven't had time to go and cry and completely fall apart and start over. Um, But I will say, through people that I've spoken with, we have not been very happy with FEMA. I think on TV, they can make it look all nice and the president coming. But, um, and Red Cross, they came here and I had girlfriends that were like, they had everything set up, feeding everybody. I mean, for the first, like the next morning, it wasn't like, what's going on, what are we gonna do? Food was getting out. Um, clothing nice. was getting out. Boats were coming from every direction with supplies for propane tanks, gas. That was us. That was not the government. That was the Hawaiian people. Pulling everything was just getting organized and taking care of everyone. It was incredible aloha, incredible love, incredible community from all the islands. Everyone just boom. But then um, Red Cross FEMA came in. They're wrapping stuff up, blocking supplies from coming in. These are personal friends of mine. Um, and then like girlfriends, I said, they, I mean, they put their love and their heart into like making what we call masubi. It's like a, a rice wrap with spam okay. and, and that just to hand out. It's easy. It's fast. They come on, take it from them and say they're unsanitary. And we're like, well, where have you been for the past week? You know what I mean? Right. And so now the Red Cross, there's not many here. They're kind of infused and have had to kind of slide into, um, our way, our style our ohana you know what i mean and so they're just like well and then fema i've gone and this is my experience 
I went to FEMA. They personally told me when I was registering, I nothing could be done for me until I went to get an SBA loan and apply. So, and so, I'm so, going, so, so, so I had heard that um, and I broadcast that on my show. Yeah. But I had only heard account through the grapevine. I've not talked to a direct individual. Yeah. So you're confirming uh, what I was told that in order to get the assistance, they wanted you to apply and get into the digital system first in order yeah. to qualify for that. And I've not seen the 700. And every a lot of people I speak with. Oh, Biden's 700. 700 that's supposed to magically fix everything hasn't yeah. shown up yet. Yeah. yeah. And you got to realize that's 700 per household. So let's say you got a family of five. Yeah. You got to make that go from all of that. Yeah, I also it, heard that people were bringing medicine by boat and it was being wow. kept out of the area as well. Is wow. that true? It had shipments that were blocking boats. And then, you know, we had looting. I didn't experience it, but there was snarly looting the next day. We had, this is what blows my mind. Okay. This is where humanity's gone wrong. The very next day, realtors and um, developers were coming in and calling these people who lost everything and family members and saying, hey, well, We'll buy your land from you right now. My and I, I, I can account for it personally because the people I'm staying with here. Right. This dear sweet mom was working, and a gentleman came into not a gentleman, a guy came into the office and where she works and said, "Hey, can you get me on this land uh, in Lahaina? Can I possibly purchase?" And she was just like, "Sir, I think it's best that you leave right now, you know, because it's like a hard subject. Like, why would you even be asking that?" He called her an asshole and walked out. I know. I mean, that is a fact. And so, you know, if anyone real estate, anyone who's trying to come and land grab, I'm going to give you the secret on how to do a land grab here. What you do is you come here instead of flexing your wallet, you flex your heart and you go find a local family and you take that money that you had to help take their land from them and you give them the money and you help them build their land. You are going to have a bed. You are going to have food for the rest of your life. And these families, these Hawaiians are going to sing you to sleep with their Hawaiian song and give to you. And you are going to be family in, in your family. And you're going to be there the rest of your life and remembered for all the love that you gave. If you're really that diehard and you're going to be a changed person and your heart's going to be open with these Hawaiians. So please, like, that is like, I can't believe that people exist that way to come in the very next day to try and vulture out. And we're not going to let it happen. You saw what happened during the TMT, the 30 meter telescope. You saw what happened. The Hawaiians gathered. No, it's not happening. Wait, you see if they try and take Lahaina. There will be people boating for over. There will be people be paddling surfboards over from other islands. There will be people swimming over, whether it's Hawaiians or the people of Hawaii. And we're, it's not going to happen. Spice, I, I, I was pretty annoyed with um, uh, a person that follows me and I follow him, an independent journalist, because I felt like he didn't get the culture of the people. Uh, there's an American by the name of Nick Sorter, uh, at Nick Sorter on uh, X, uh, and he was going to do independent journalism, but he became uh, very much uh, about you know asking the question, where are the children to the mayor to the point where he got put in a headlock by the police? But I think the, the story that I was trying to share with Nick was people weren't trusting Nick because he has a real estate license where he lives in the United States, in the continental United States. And so they were saying, you know, is this guy coming over to do real estate or journalism? Yeah. Uh, and so I wanted him to kind of know that so we could get people's trust to, to know where he's coming from. And it took, I think, two of the three days for him to like have that click and understand. The reason why I'm asking about him uh, is 
I've also heard this account, and as an independent journalist, I think that I want to know the answer. I've heard that only approved media is really allowed to cover the story and get anywhere near Lahaina or taught the people and the independent journalists that are the ones that really could probably tell stories like I'm sharing about you yeah. are being shut out. Is that true? Um, I can vouch. Yes. Because uh, my friend's wife who I'm staying with, she's been over there um, on the subject of like FEMA and red cross, bro, not only the people affected, and then there's so many people to thank here. It's incredible. People are coming out and staying like people are flying from like Canada, Colorado. We've met and they're sleeping in their cars and they're coming here to just just help in any way that they can. And right. we've got FEMA staying at a thousand dollar a night hotel and then we're not getting anywhere with them. And so um, sorry, I jumped the gun. What was your question again? No, no. So I was just curious, was there oh, approved media? Yes, yes. She said that um, it is blocked off from specific medias getting in. And so I think that allows whatever they want you to hear in right. comparison to what really happened. So, like, I can tell you this right now. Um, my personal friend, the night of, he pulled 100 bodies out. Only 50 were alive. I know, I know not... Saying fact, I was there and counted over 400 bodies. I'm guesstimating over 2,000. Um, why they're not giving us the true numbers? I mean, we're sitting here like, you know, it's like minuscule numbers in the beginning. And right. it's still like w what's going on. But maybe there's a procedure that I'm not aware of. I'm not acknowledged. Um, so I, I, can tell you, I, can, I can tell you the procedure that I think is going on. Yeah. There is a life cycle to the news. And after 48 hours, immediately the interest drops off. Yeah, I would agree with that. Totally. No one in the continental United States has been talking about Lahaina for the past two days. Everybody's been obsessed with Donald Trump getting his mug shot. Everybody's obsessed with the Republican debates. The news media has been distracted and they're on to the next story. Meanwhile, yeah. people like myself, people like Nick Sorter and people in the independent media were sitting there going, hold on. There's an atrocity that just happened. I mean, the story that you just shared with me at the top of our interview was a thousand times worse than what I was prepared for. I, 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 I mean, I, I had to, I, I feel bad because I had to put you on camera while I was trying to control my own emotions. Yeah, it's heavy, man. And because mean, it's heavy. I mean, even right now, like talking to you, thinking about it, like that's. I want the people know like that, like that night of there were bodies everywhere. There were entire families huddled up in cars. They were huddled in cars, burned to death. There were families found in homes, all huddled. Then, and it, it's there are people laying everywhere because they couldn't. The breathing, the fire, people having to jump in the ocean. I'm wondering how that happened because when I was leaving, sorry, my dog. You're you're fine. Um, when I was running for my life that night, I. Like I said, I was a quarter mile, half mile away. I thought I was going to burn to death. And right. I mean, I you were talking about your lungs from that far away. And yeah. you got people no, that are my lungs from when I escaped the first time. I was right. in black. Okay. It was okay. total black. The second time there was black, but the, the the fire was so far away, but so gigantic. I thought it was going to burn. It was like an incinerator. And so people like the stories that you get. I mean, this is a heavy one. It's heavy. Um, we spoke with him. A guy 
was guiding his wife and children out of the fire because there were power lines down everywhere. And he had to listen to his family burn to death in the car. It's like, they just keep getting stories and stories. And my, and my friend's parents are gone. My one friend, all 16 neighbors are gone. It's just, the tragedy is unfathomable. And I just feel like there's some kind of minuscule thing and, and like everyone's concern. It's a land grab. We're not going to let it happen. Um, the fact that even thought of a land grab, it's just like, how could we do that? You know, can can I ask you a a, a personal question and this might upset you and I'm okay with that because I think people need to hear me ask a person who's been through it. Yeah. This direct question. There's a lot of conspiracy theories about the government doing this direct energy weapons oxide in the air as somebody who's been through it to me i i've talked to other locals and my my perspective is this yeah direct energy weapons they exist i have done shows on it like i i I know that they exist right so whatever yes yeah if that's what it takes to get people help right now is talking about that that's great but i see a lot of people that are trying to get followers, they're trying to get influence, they're trying to get people to like and subscribe to whatever their bull crap is that they're putting out. As somebody who just witnessed the death of individuals that are loved ones, and I'm sorry for the pointed question, but what, what would you say the individuals that are profiting off of conspiracy theories right now? And do you think that it's helpful to have that conversation right now? Or should we pause on that? What's important for people to do? And I'm not saying you're the police of all this, but I, I just want to know from an empathetic standpoint what you would respond to for the individuals that have been posting that type of stuff, including myself, like when I when I have that conversation, because this human experience that you and I are having right now, it's really telling me I need to, to maybe put other people in check as well in, in what they're spewing. Um, through the transition that we've all witnessed in the past x amount of years where the struggle is real um the change i just feel like we're we're falling apart and i do feel like there's financial gain there's an an agenda at hand that has been spoken blatantly uh by these quote-unquote world leaders that have just appointed themselves and um man i don't trust nothing anymore I don't trust the major stream news. I don't trust our government. Um, I don't trust branches of the government. Uh, you know, I'm not saying this happened, that happened, but there is a lot of things that need to be addressed that did happen with this fire that is fishy, but at the same time. What are the top it, things that need to be addressed, you know, right now? What what are what do people want answers to? Obviously, answers. the count is really low that's going publicly, right? We, we, we just covered yeah. that. What are some of the other things? Um, also like the issue of the power lines that are above ground should have been addressed from what I'm hearing four to five years ago to be redone in underground, which would have prevented this, um, certain things with, uh, what went into play that were signed prior to this by Mm -hmm. the mayor, you know, um, this, there's just certain things that like, why did it happen prior to the fire? You know what I mean? Um, that need to be addressed and it will there's attorneys um, flying out from all over that are here to help um, that, and and think about it the electric company uh, as I was told filed bankruptcy the next day right. so if you're filing bankrupt you're admitting guilt so this right. is that's a chess move business wise and it's like hey man 
if you're filing if you're filing bankruptcy to me that's showing you're guilty of of some actions that need to be um brought to light and so there's just there's a lot and for the conspiracy stuff i mean there's things we're seeing agendas for smart cities they're wanting to make this a smart island you're hearing that i'm not saying it is i will say this from my experience that i saw with my own eyes so when i escaped that night um and i was in the mountains uh so my friends they have their main house and then they have what they call the barn but it's just like a long little cottage and i had a room where i can look towards lahaina and their son and their friend that came over that was staying they were up on the balcony or talking and it kind of woke me up around 2:33, and i'm kind of like god what are you like why are you up you know i'm i'm i went through hell and i'm trying to sleep and cry and go through what i need to do and like the kid but they're just you know being boys whatever but when i was looking they were actually talking they saw what they said was a ufo it was this yellow thing and i saw the video i we don't know what it was it was a yellow right. dot kind of like moving around in this thing but what one of the boys saw and i saw and my friend here bo he saw it he's on the exact opposite of the island to see it is if you can imagine up in the cloud line sky this kind of like six seven eight point white starburst came out and then sucked into itself and then this white light like kind of like a sword beam just went and then it was done like literally like a millisecond and i saw it happen and one of the boys saw it happen and my friend Bo lives up he lives up high on his house he saw it the exact opposite direction i'm not saying it was anything i'm not i have no idea what it was but right. i saw that i have no answer but i do have an experience to express and to that's what i saw uh, spice thank you so much for for sitting down and being so gracious with your time and information and uh talking to everybody today yeah yeah um thank you and and you know of course i lost so much but I think like something is you're blessing me with. Um, if there's going to be one thing, like I, I, all the different things I do when I went to meet with the insurance guy, it like kind of blew his mind. Cause he's used to like the guy across from me, he just had taffy, but here I am. I do all these different things. And um, you know, it, it's, it, there's, there's so much that um, to contribute to, to helping others. And for me to get back on my feet, I'm, I'm super grateful to share because with what happened and the loss that happened for me, um, you know, I told, I told my insurance guy, I go, if you were to give me a million dollars or a dollar in my shop back, I'll take that dollar, you know? And because of so much that was in there that was you know special to me. But, um, I think the one thing that through all that has happened in the loss is if it gives me a platform to share with everybody how amazing we all are, how beautiful we all are and our potential and the direction that we have to go. If we do not start focusing on kind of a spiritual lifestyle and raising our vibration and, um, living just a higher vibratory life, which is right there in front of us waiting to happen. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are on the train with it already. Um, but there's so much when I go to the mainland, it's just, it's just not quite there yet. And um, I'm hoping that I can be a pin drop of light to make a difference before I actually leave this place. You know, I just survived uh, gnarly, you know, the fire, but um, maybe it wasn't my time. And so uh, 
thanks for having me and I love all of you and um, any contributions I'm, I'm beyond grateful I uh, to give you on what my short-term long-term plan is is it's gonna take a while to create a lab I want one so bad but it's a lot to put that together that is like decades of work to piece together but I can create products in my sleep that I can get out to people and so with the funds I've raised I'm going to go and go sit in the mountains with my bow in the mainland and fall apart and cry and spend time with God and then come back, you know, and start this new life that I have to create and find and um, then dedicate to helping people again is my long-term goal. And um, if I have to go to Oahu and build a retail store, if if I raise enough funds and have products as a hub for a website, that is my goal. And then come back to Maui, see where God blows me in the wind and see where I land and start working on a lab so that I can really start helping people. I mean, it's, it's killing me because I've, I'm getting calls and I, I can't do anything. It's like, I can run around the woods. It's going to take me time to find stuff and get it, um, which I'm happy to do. But when I had my medicine lab, I had everything right there and I can do it all in my sleep. And, um, from the spiritual frequencies of the plants to the spiritual plants to just the basic herbs that have their job function and, and so on and so on. And so um, thanks guys for watching and uh, got little lychee. She made it out with me. Um, she says hi and loves all of you. And uh, you know, Greg, I really appreciate you having me and um, I hope everybody kind of got a glimpse of my work so you can really get a glimpse of yourself and how amazing and, and beautiful you are. And, uh, the incredible potential we have together all here on the island um, as one big family and um, it can all be magic and it's going to take all of us to do that and rather than just a few so um, i love you and um, yeah thanks thanks for everything well there you have it bold americans that is part of my conversation with spice prince over in lahaina absolutely heartbreaking story that he shared there. Um, it was an honor to be able to bring those words to you. If you go over to my Twitter page at real Greg Bolden or any of my socials for that matter, you can see the full two hour interview. I just brought in the, the highlights from the conversation. What, what you didn't hear is about all the wonderful things that spice has done for other people. This guy is a healer. Uh, he has helped thousands of people heal in their journeys. Uh, he is a beloved figure in Lahaina, as well as in Maui, uh, people know him and he has lost everything. So on the link today on the America Out Loud page, if you go over to the website, you will see links for how you can support both Spice as well as all the other people in Lahaina. Mahalo. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Thank you.